Welcome to the Dope CFO Podcast, where you can find the best information for accountants and bookkeepers that want to start and grow a highly profitable and flexible remote cannabis accounting firm. With your hosts, Naomi Granger and Andrew Hunziker. Now that's dope. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew from Dope CFO. And today I'm going to get my screen right, talk about some of the challenges of, of retail dispensary accounting. I know that's probably of the 30,000 plus companies in the U.S., probably more than half of them are dispensaries. It's very challenging to uh, do accounting for any retail shop. It's more, more trouble for um, cannabis. And so I'll just jump right in. If you have any comments or whatever, put them in the chat and we can um, talk more from there. I'm going to be reading my notes as we go through. So some of the challenges, I'll just kind of run through some of these and then we'll talk some broader about some of the actual tax laws. So first off, the um, software not syncing and bad POS systems. So before cannabis came into existence, for small retail, which most dispensaries I would consider small retail, whether they're multi-million or not. So like I live in Bend, Oregon, we have 23 dispensaries here. From the outside of the shop, they look like a coffee shop or just some small store. They're a thousand square feet. They're usually not huge spaces. That said, they're usually doing seven figures in sales, um, even the smaller ones, some of them two to three million in one location and so that's a lot of volume you need good software um but if you look down the street so we have tons of retail businesses here restaurants and and gyms and yoga studios and furniture stores and all kinds of different places most of those have their own long-standing software that's been up for decades many of them use quickbooks pos which has been around for quite a while um, that simply isn't available for um, cannabis right now. So what we have right now is probably a hundred cannabis POS systems. POS means point of sale, and those most of those systems do not work well. Um, some of these are very well funded companies. So for example, you have Green Bits or Flow Up that have both raised literally tens of millions of dollars, and they've been around a while. So they're starting to answer some of the problems and, and they're getting a little bit better. But that said, even those companies with $40 million backing, their software still doesn't work perfectly. Like for example, one client I had with GreenBits, um, it was syncing with a metric, which is a state seed to sale software, which is also a bad piece of software. And the syncs were, were not working correctly at all. And it actually led to more headaches than it was worth syncing them up so at this point with our clients we actually even if a software will pitch to you that it syncs with everything or everything is is seamless i'm actually often very skeptical about that and usually will not i'd rather just reconcile the systems one to the other so right off the bat you have three different systems you've got the state seed to sale system most states it's either metric or mj freeway both of those pieces of software are horrible and I can tell you already they don't work well um, even just basic level controls are not into them so don't trust the data out of them you need to test it constantly um, again more work we have to do in the field so you've got the seed to sale system then you've got the POS system that tracks all the inventory SKUs 
um, when you're selling to your customers. And so a, a dispensary could have 10,000 different SKUs of products they're selling. And so that's a lot of rows of data in that POS system. Again, you got to constantly test it. Then finally, you got your accounting system, whether it's QuickBooks, Zero, Accounting Suite, whatever system you use, or even an ERP system, you got to have those sync up as well. I would also um, caution you to be very careful using the, one of the ERP systems like Viridian is an SAP based one or M365 based on Microsoft. We've had clients that have just had absolutely horrible experiences with those. And what makes, what makes giving those a try worse is they cost tens of thousands of dollars. So we've seen clients literally spend 40 grand and six months of their time and have absolutely nothing that worked at all and had to go backwards to a, an old system. So be very careful on those. Um, you're also getting, so there's a lot of data input. These dispensaries are open seven days a week. You got people buying inventory, selling inventory. So they're inputting things into these various systems. It's required by law. The seed to sale system's gotta be entered at every transaction. Same on the POS side. And so many CEOs incorrectly assume all their software sync or they work, or they're all perfectly like, oh yeah, we, we enter it and we double check it. And I've never found when we get a new client one where the data isn't horrible. And mo so most CEOs are using these pieces of software and they are not reconciling them to each other. They are not doing cycle counts. So they do not even know that their data is bad. I've had many conversations with CEOs that say, Oh yeah, our data is perfect. We we update it daily, and then we go in and we start checking, and and it's very easy to to find errors. You can first of all find disagreements amongst systems. So maybe the seed to sale says we've got ten cherry whatever brand gummy bears, and then you go to the POS and it says you have eight, and then you actually walk out into the store and count the gummy bears, and you only have six. So you got three different numbers. And that's before you've even looked at your accounting system. So um, that's, I've kind of skipped ahead. So most people are not doing the correct inventory accounts in, in a dispensary. If possible, that should be a almost daily task where you do cycle counts and you, whether you have one or two or, or five dispensaries, you're doing cycle counts of different products and you're reconciling whoever's doing those counts is checking them to seed to sale in the POS system and reconciling the errors. So that, that goes on hopefully regularly. Um, not doing cost accounting. So many dispensaries have no idea how to do cost accounting or they're doing non-cannabis division accounting that's incorrect as well. I'll look at that here in a, a minute. Um, not understanding the seed to sale process or understanding the different verticals um, we're seeing that a lot as well. And so if people don't have a basic understanding of how these different verticals interact and on each level looking at maybe a part of their business is non-cannabis and part of it's cannabis, how do you track those divisions separately? So let me look real quickly at the tax code um, for, let me see if I got a comment here. Um, are the retail dispensary doing monthly inventory much like restaurants? So again, there's thousands and thousands of retailers. Some are doing no inventory counts, some are doing cycle counts, some are doing it every month. It depends on the dispensary. But if we have a client, we are trying to insist that they're doing counts 
And by cycle counts, I mean they're doing them all the time. So they're not doing a full count. They're counting a section two times a week, four times a week, testing that, and then you um, you can build your data over time. And hopefully if you're doing cycle counts over three, four months, you'll get to a point where your cycle counts will start being very good, where you won't find a lot of errors. So 471.3 is the tax code that applies to dispensaries. Um, and so it defines cost so what is the cost of a product in the case of merchandise on hand? So dispensary sell merchandise. So what is the cost of that? Um, the inventory price is, um, so for goods on hand at the beginning of the year, the inventory is the, the price of the goods. In the case of merchandise purchased since the beginning of the year, it's the invoice price, less trade or other discounts, um, provided a consistent course as followed to the invoice you can add transportation or other necessary charges incurred in acquiring possession of the goods and then it says see section 263a however 263a is specifically not allowed for cannabis that's where you can allocate more cost into your inventory that is not allowed the harborside opinion which came out this last year um, specifically says you cannot use that so basically you have your cost of inventory. Um, if you buy it, so you buy a pound of pot from the grower for a thousand bucks, that's your cost. Maybe there's a few other little transportation costs. Now, um, on, on if we look into 473 a little bit closer, um, it says in the case of merchandise produced by the taxpayer, you can do your cost of raw materials and supplies plus expenditures for direct labor and indirect production costs. And so this piece is where 471.11 can come into play. So if a dispensary is not just a retailer, if they're actually doing some quote manufacturing to the goods, so they're taking raw flour and they're doing something with it to make other goods, that's where you can allocate some costs. You gotta be very careful on that. Harborside lost on that as well because they did not, um, own the goods, they had them on consignment, they did some things to the goods and then put them for sale. So they actually did that piece correctly, but since they didn't own the goods, they lost on that piece. And so the in the court case, they actually say an essential change to the character of the merchandise must be made. And so you come to the question, what is essential change of the character? So if you take a pound of pot and you roll it into joints, have you actually changed the character of the of that pot? Maybe not, but if you took the pot and actually processed it into a gummy bear, you probably have. And so you got to be careful around whether or not you um, you have done that. If you want, if your dispensaries do want to use um, this manufacturing clause that relates to 471.11, they do want to be doing gap accounting all through the year for inventory because that's required to um, minimize their taxes and maximize what they can put in cost to get sold. Um, are there any tax court cases we can rely on for cost of goods sold indirect cost allocations? Really the ones, the most recent one is Harborside to read through. And so as, as more and more cases come out, there will be more court cases we can rely on. But 471.11 is pretty detailed on what exactly you can consider indirect costs and what you cannot. 
And so as long as you have super good support for every single transaction, your accounting's rock solid, your cost accounting's rock solid, it ties to 471.11, you can specifically say, well, it says right there in 471.11, we can deduct this cost and we can do this if we're doing GAAP. If you follow that closely, you're going to have a pretty strong position if your client never gets to court. And then finally, on a, actually a couple more things we'll hit on here. Non-cannabis divisions is a big area of discussion. So the very first case was the Champ case. That was won by the cannabis company. As far as I know, that's the last case that was ever won by a cannabis company. And that was where they came in and said, okay, what if there's a non-cannabis division at this company? Can we deduct normal business expenses at that division because it's not cannabis and the court said yes you can the problem since then every including harborside who lost in this companies were coming up with these very small non-cannabis divisions that sold t-shirts or coffee cups or even did healthcare services or consulting or whatever. But the problem was they were very, very small. That was the biggest issue. So for example, Harborside, I think they had a hundred million dollars of cannabis revenue and their non-cannabis revenue was a couple hundred grand. So it was, so they're trying to take a really rinky dink division compared to the whole company and put a ton of cost over there. And that doesn't work. So the court saying whatever level of, of revenues that non-cannabis division have, if it's a hundred grand, make sure that division's still profitable. So if you take a division that has a hundred grand of sales, you cannot allocate a million dollars of cost to it and have it have a $900,000 loss. So right off the bat, that limits, if you have a hundred thousand dollar coffee cup division and paraphernalia, that limits the cost you're gonna be deduct and your savings on a multi-million dollar business is not gonna be much. Um, well, the good news that we've had recently, CBD and hemp is now legal. So CBD now can qualify as a non-Schedule 1, non-280E division. And so you can actually have a very sizable and profitable. So two other criteria are it needs to be significant compared to the other cannabis division. So you can check that box with CBD. And secondly, profitable. You can be highly profitable with CBD. So many um, dispensaries are considering this now if they're allowed to under the state law or their licensing and or they can even open up a separate CBD store under the same company and that company can, can allocate some of their joint costs. Non-cannabis divisions do not require a separate entity, but it might be a good idea anyway. It, it one fact and circumstances that you do wanna show is um, separate accounting. And so separate entities would have separate accounting. You can also do separate accounting. For example, if you use QuickBooks, you can use class. You can have a class for the cannabis division, another class for the non-cannabis division. Um, it also helps if other factors show it's a different business, such as it could have separate employees, separate managers, separate locations. Some, like in Oklahoma City, I know one where they've got CBD stores and then they've also got cannabis stores, separate locations completely. Um, the court is going to look at the economic substance of the company structure. So many, many retailers are trying to set up this myriad of entities 
of a real estate entity, equipment entity, a branding entity, and all these different entities. The court doesn't really care about that. They're going to look at the economic organization. They said that clearly. So if you have 43 entities, and the one example they gave is Barnes & Noble. We all know that bookstore. They sell a lot of books, but they sell coffee. They sell gifts. They sell all kinds of other things. But if a Barnes & Noble was set up, and there was 25 entities and one of them owned the real estate and one of them owned the equipment and one of them had the coffee shop and one was gifts and one of the books. And you said, well, this is 20 different entities. The court can come in and say, no, that looks like one Barnes and Noble shop to us. That's one store. It's all one thing. So you got to be um, very careful with the non-cannabis divisions. Um, finally, I'll show to properly do your accounting every month. It is a little bit of a, um, complex flow chart nightmare so just i'll hold this up i don't know if this if you can see this go this way it's a this is a, a myriad of a flow chart for a single dispensary for a single series of transactions but basically what we're trying to do is showing what happens when you buy an inventory on day one it's got to be man manually entered into three different systems seed to sale POS and accounting records. Maybe a couple of those sync, but even if they sync, you got to check them. And then once you um, start selling it, then you add in the merchant services software as well, which is usually crappy and hard to reconcile. So you have four or five different systems you're trying to reconcile on the input side, then on the sales side, and then at the end of the month, you're trying to reconcile these totals. And so for you to come up with an inventory valuation, some of these systems, these POS don't even have an inventory valuation, and I've, I've, it boggles my mind. I'll tell them that's the number one thing that they should have. So an inventory valuation means at the end of the month, if I've got a POS system that has um, 10,000 rows in it and I export that to Excel, I want to have every single line item. If it says four gummy bears, those gummy or four boxes of gummy bears, and each box cost wholesale cost $10, retail price 20 and then four times 10 is 40. So over on the far right, I would see a 40 for that row and we can scroll all the way down. So that whole inventory would be costed, whether it's average cost or whatever cost so that we can reconcile that to accounting. So if the POS says we got a million dollars of inventory, we can trace that back to test counts. We can trace the seed to sale and then we can also trace it into our accounting system that will be a summary. So in your accounting system, you're not gonna have 10,000 rows for inventory. You might have 10 rows or eight. You might have flour and edibles and CBD and um, um, pre-rolled joints and paraphernalia. You might have eight to 10 categories and that's those are summations of those 10,000 rows that are in the POS system. Uh, Valerie is saying, is this flowchart in the course? Yes, it is. Um, ask me that question in the group. But yes, it is is available. Um, but you need to um, be able to track this and have a clear system every single month for what you're doing to get your client set up correctly, then to get it um, the counts done day to day, the reconciliations, and then a month in process so that you make sure you're doing your cost accounting and reporting correctly. And even if it's one entity and you've got two divisions, you want to make sure you're doing non-cannabis division reporting separately because that's more evidence that you really have a non-cannabis division. 
is the sync problem due to bad API? So I'd make it bigger than a sync problem, Peggy. Peggy, the problem is bad software. And it's not even just bad software. This is new software. So this industry is new. Colorado went legal maybe seven years ago. And that was tiny. And then it was just in the last really three years that the industry's exploded. So most software in the U.S. right now is less than five years old. So when you have, and I've worked with many software startup companies, that is the nature of software. If you're building software, it's incredibly expensive, it's incredibly buggy, and it's very, very difficult to develop really robust software that actually works the way you want it to work, and it usually takes a decade or more. That's why we're seeing so many problems. So you have all these different pieces of software that are brand new, like Metric, trying to sync with MJ Freeway. Well, you've got two bad pieces of software, and now you're going to link them together, and you make it even worse. So it's it's buyer beware, and it's and I always go back to this example of metrics, a great example. Metric is not even the goal of metric and seed to sales, not even to track dollars, forget dollars. They're just trying to track quantities to make sure the black market's not sucking product out as it goes from a plant to the consumer's hand. And so you take a plant over on the farm and it's a seed and you input that seed into metric and it says, we got a plant on row one at farm A and they're going to track that plant all the way to when it grows and harvests and dried and cured and tested and put in a bag as a pound of pot. They still got that pound in there. But then Farm A sells it to the dispensary. And Farm A says, I'm selling a pound of pot. And so they go into metric and they remove one pound. And so theoretically, that pound of marijuana should instantly go into the dispensary. And so that pound, that's the whole idea. We're going to track that pound from the plant to the farm to the dispensary, and then that pound's gonna be subdivided into ounces or joints, and we're gonna track each one of those joints to the end consumer. That would be a perfect system. Doesn't even sound that complex. So one control that's obvious, when that pound goes to the dispensary, the dispensary now has to enter that pound into their system, and it, it's automatic. It needs, needs to be updated um, correctly, and you want those two to match. But what happens is, there is no control in the software, so the dispensary owner can accidentally, and this happens all the time, receive, instead of receiving a pound, they can receive a gram. And so then you'll print out your reports at the farm at the end of the month and just say they only sold that one pound, and it will say right there in metric, we sold one pound and one gram was received. So they're out of balance. And that's a poor software control that even allows that to happen. It should give you an error message. So when the dispensary tries to receive a gram instead of a pound, it should say error, blink, blink, doesn't work. And you can only do a pound. I know the metric issues were so bad. Washington, which was a second state to go live, REC is considering um, canceling the seed to sale program altogether because it's, it's so unreliable. But anyway, that's kind of me ranting about software. The good news for accountants is the software sucks. So the accountants, so the CEOs need to pay us a lot of money to be managing these various systems and making sure they reconcile with each other and the cost accounting is done correctly. Five years from now, there's going to be better software. There's going to be ERP systems at work and, and some of these tools will go away, but we're not there yet. So metric is a seed. So Amy's asking is metric an inventory system and no accounting. Yeah, metric is a seed to sale in 
system. So those systems are designed to track the marijuana through the system from the plant to the sale. The whole entire point of a seed to sale system is to make sure that the black market is not siphoning off products. So if there's not a seed to sale system, just think about this, a farm could grow 100 pounds. They could sell 90 pounds to the dispensary. They could sell another 10 pounds to their friends illegally or ship it to the East Coast where prices are double the West Coast or whatever the situation is. So the whole purpose of a, of a seed to sale system is to track the marijuana. So marijuana doesn't inherently have any dollars. That's when you think about accounting, you think about dollars. So they're trying to track a plant as it grows, as it's harvested, as it's tested at the lab, it's tracked through the lab, back to the farm. Then when it goes to the dispensary, it's tracked there, then it's broken down into smaller ounces, then it's sold to the customer. That's the end of the step. And we've tracked it all the way through if it worked correctly. It doesn't work very well, so um, you have to reconcile it monthly. Even if metric, and metric does, you can track the dollars of sales. It's not tracking cost, but it is tracking. You can input the retail. You can say I sold $1,000, uh, one pound for $1,000, but be very careful trusting that info. Again, we reconcile every dollar we find anywhere, whether it's in metric, the POS, or the accounting, to actual deposits and signed customer invoices. So there's just a lot of reconciliations and manual legwork to make sure the systems are in balance. But again, do not trust the systems. Um, even the, the good ones or the ones that are well-funded, you know, I, I know they're trying to address these issues and they, they're working on them, but I think they're gonna continue for quite some time. So I think I've hit any more questions. I've hit all the things I think on my list. Um, anyone, thanks for everyone for joining, and this will um, be recorded in in the um, our group as well. If anyone has any more questions too, you can always message me um, right on Facebook um, under my my name, and I'm in Dope CFO group as well. Thank you.